Welcome back to the Draft Nut Podcast. It's good to be here. Jared Feinberg, Devin Jackson, we are your hosts for today's episode of the show. It's good to be back. We took a little break um, after the 2022 NFL Draft, an exhausting draft cycle, and some things have happened since then. Um, We've done our draft review, and now summer scouting is in full swing for the both of us. Devin is now covering Notre Dame recruiting, and I have a brand new podcast starting up later this month. So good things are happening, and I'm excited for what the future holds. And our third year anniversary, or no, it's a third year, second year anniversary of the Draft Nut podcast is fast approaching. Later in July, well, it will be our two-year anniversary. So we're looking forward to that. And also, I'm looking forward to the start of my brand new podcast, The Final Roar, um, which will be covering the Carolina Panthers from all aspects, the draft, um, from players, coaches, giving my own unique perspectives and points of view on these different discussions and topics around the team. So I'm looking forward to that. But Devin, man, it's great to see you. How's your break been, bro? Well, uh, it was nice, Um, you know, really took a step back from, you know, uh, watching players and and evaluating guys. And, you know, I went went pretty hard in in the last draft cycle in terms of players, really ambitious, Uh, got almost uh, 200 players uh, evaluated. So it was was by far, uh, you know, my most successful one yet. Um, But now, you know, trying to kind of get a rev backed up, like you said, Covering Notre Dame, uh, recruiting has been been pretty busy. Had a couple pieces go out uh, with that on IrishBreakdown.com. So uh, that's that's been kind of my uh, reintroduction to kind of the scouting world. Uh, looking at some of these top high school players and uh, you know getting a feel for them. But you know uh, now it's now it's time for 2023 and getting ready for the real thing. I after. Maybe a few days after the 2023 draft, I decided I decided to you know what, just let's get a quick look at a few prospects and then focus on summer classes. I had summer classes throughout the month, so wanted to get a few prospects out of the way before the start of that. Um, watch Will Anderson, watch um, edge rusher out of Alabama, um, watched Clemson linebacker Trent Simpson, who I absolutely love and I think will be a big time player next year and also CJ Stroud, who we will be talking about today along with Alabama quarterback, Bryce young. Um, I'm super excited for this discussion because we're going to be talking about the two best quarterbacks in this draft class. Um, no matter in which order you put them Stroud and young. So let's get into th- this conversation, Devin. Um, let's start out with CJ Stroud. Um, I got the chance to watch Stroud maybe four days after the draft. And I, I like kind of went right into it. And I was like, kind of see what he was like. I'd seen, seen him on TV just dominate late in the season after a little bit of a slow start. And I want end up watching, let's see, about seven games. And there's a couple other games I want to watch of him um, that I've gotten – some film on the Michigan game is definitely one I want to watch. Um, the Utah game 
uh, the Rose Bowl was probably his best performance. Um, Stroud is someone that I think still has plenty of growth left, but what we saw towards the end of last season was some of the best quarterback play in the entire country. And you can make an argument. CJ Stroud was the best quarterback in the entire country by the end of last season. Uh, Stroud is currently my QB one. I do have him ahead of Bryce young. Uh, Stroud just, he, he has a lot of really good traits. You like Um, he has great accuracy on all three levels of the field. He's shown the ability to place the ball in front of his targets and allow run after catch opportunities. Um, good footwork and hip torque um, in the lower half. Clean upper body mechanics. He's got a quick release and a um, just a really smooth throwing motion. Um, has amazing eyes. Like he reached the field so well. Um, he was able to throughout the season start to take what was in front of him more. Um, there he's that's still something he's learning, but that is something that he showed a ton of improvement on. Um, he played a lot better, um, as the season went along with consistency in terms of tempo and timing on his passes. Um, he has great arm talent, he can hit all throws, he can hit every throw at every level of the, of the field with good velocity. Um, his ball placement, the touch he offers, and the poise is just absolutely tremendous. Um, a few things that I wrote down that he needs to work on. Uh, struggled early on the season is when he really struggled. Um, struggled with um, anticipation, timing early in the season. I mean, he's a first-year starter, making his first career starts. Um, had Didn't have the best game against Minnesota. Didn't have the best game against Oregon. Um, like he was really struggling early in the season. And then all of a sudden, like he took a game off, I think because of an injury. And then afterwards he just started clicking and everything just started going for him. And by the end of the season, no doubt in my mind, he was arguably the best quarterback in college football, even though Bryce young won the Heisman Stroud, in my opinion, from what we saw at the end of the season was the best quarterback in college football. Um, he did rush some throws early in the season, struggled with chemistry early on, um, even with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. 2020, he really didn't have any snaps except for a couple in garbage time. Um, there, he had a t- rushing touchdown um, against Michigan State when Justin Fields was there. Justin Fields now with the Chicago Bears. Um, early on, he had in- an inconsistent lower half inconsistent with protecting the ball early in the season. He had some hero ball moments all throughout the season. Even during the Utah game, he tried to be more like tried to play hero ball. And I thought he did that a little bit too much. And I think he needs to kind of tone that down a little bit. And if he's able to do that next season, he's going to be in great shape. Um, Like I said earlier, needs to do better with taking what was in front of him. Show great improvement in that area. I want to see more improvement and more growth in that area next year. Um, and uh, some of these things are more like nitpicking, but it's something that I just want to see how he does in terms of improving. Um, he gets toesy in the pocket at times, but that's a little bit of a nitpicky thing. 
um, a little bit of a mechanics thing, but I think that can be really um, tuned in, toned out. You know, that can that's something that he can improve on. I believe next season, that's coach. That's something you can coach up and improve. So there's a lot to like with CJ Stroud. And I was so impressed with this film, especially the Utah game. And some people will be like, Oh, he's losing Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jeremy Ruckert. You look at the weapons he has next season, Marvin Harris, Jr. Marvin Harrison, Jr. His son, Marvin Harrison, senior son. Yes, you have Jackson Smith and the Jigba, two very incredibly talented receivers. Justin Fleming, another name. They are stacked at wide receiver next year. We saw that against Utah in the Rose Bowl. I think Stroud's going to be fine. So I, I, I want to hear your thoughts, Devin, on Stroud, what you think he's like, what he needs to improve on. I, I think we're going to be a little bit on the same page with Stroud overall. Yeah, <clears throat> their preliminary watch of him. And, you know, I, I think what I saw, especially down the, the back stretch of the season, uh, matched a lot of what I saw uh, in live action. I think you see a, a quarterback with, with great touch and ability to, to layer throws down the, down the middle of the field, down the, the boundary, um, and, and really work uh, – you know, some of the blind spots of the defense. You know, you see him hitting Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, two obviously very talented receivers, both went in the first round. Um, I, I think it, it's, it's you know, a, a, a lot of people were been talking about, you know, Ohio State's receiver, receivers and how well they played or, or how talented they are. But at the end of the day, you got to have somebody that, that can get them the ball. And Stroud does a, a really nice job, uh, you know, hitting – all his playmakers, not just zeroing in on one guy. And, and you see him, uh, especially in the middle of the season, I think, I, I want to say it was against Indiana. He had a really nice throw over the middle of the field. Yep, where he layered it so uh, in, in, in coverage. And then uh, I, I want to say it was a, a few more throws. Uh, I, I think I, it was one. I that, remember uh, that throw to Olave because – it happened to be the night I was at my cousin's uh, bat mitzvah hat, and I, I was just kind of staying away from the bat mitzvah, from the party, just kind of get away from the noise a little bit, go to the bar. And I, it, the Braves game, game six of the NLCS is on, and then also you had the Ohio State game. I look over during a commercial break, and I see that throw happen live, and I look, I'm like, holy shit, that is an insane throw. Like Stroud made those throws all throughout towards the end of last season. Like he he flashed it a little bit early on, but it wasn't as consistent. And then, like you were saying, started become a little consistent. We saw that in the middle of the season. He was like, "Oh, Stroud might get starting to get on the roll here." So you can go out, go on, continue. Sorry for interrupting. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it was, I think. When I think about the the throws he's made and, you know, some of the film that, that I've watched, I think that was the one that stood out to me. Not so much because, you know, he's a lot of great throws and a lot of great throws down the sideline. But when you see someone uh, able to, to thread the needle in, in between coverage uh, between multiple players, I think that's always going to stick through in my mind because it's, it's not so much, you know, in, in terms of like the, the highlights are great. 
but I want to see how you were able to throw people open. He was able to throw, uh, you know, throw them open. He, he did that uh, really well down the stretch of the season. And I think, you know, going into next season, you know, it makes sense why he's a lot of people's QB1. Uh, and, and for now, I, I think he, he'll probably sit there for me as well. But uh, now it's going to be about what more can he add to this game. I, I do think there's a tendency under pressure for him to kind of speed up his uh, mechanics and not be mm-hmm. as clean, uh, you know, yep. in, in this lower half and, and mirroring uh, his upper half. You know, there are times where his feet are just off, you know, just by a little bit. And some of that comes with game experience. When you get a full season under your belt, I think that's when you, you start to learn. So I think for him, the, the improvement is going to be about playing. It's not going to be so much about, te- you know, te- technically wise, I think he he's fine in terms of, his mechanics, but I think it's more of a consistency thing and and not letting his his base get too narrow or too wide. And, you know, one thing that I've kind of or want to focus on or take a look a deeper look at is are quarterbacks pushing or are they, uh, you know, uh, driving, you know, in terms of uh, that pushing is more so you're throwing a lot more with your upper body and you're not you know, using the, your bottom half to to generate that power. And I think a lot of quarterbacks that have such a unique arm, I think Will Levis is, is for example, is a victim of this, you know, using his upper body because he has such a great arm, you know, he doesn't drive on the football and it leads to floating passes. So I want to see Stroud be a little bit more consistent from that aspect. I don't think it's a huge problem, but I want to see that uh, continue to, to develop and, uh, see him make more passes like he did against Indiana because I, I think he's more than capable of doing that. You were talking about throwing receivers open, and I, I want to go back to a play against Utah where um, I believe it was it was some sort of post concept, but it, instead of a post, it was a Dino route um, or a Dino route where you're basically running post corner post, and so he. It was basically an anticipation throw. It was inside the 10-yard line, I believe. And he was able to throw Harrison open with anticipation as well. Um, And when I saw that throw, I was like, holy cow. Like, he, he, in that Utah game, you saw a preview of what could become of C.J. Stroud this season. Stroud was a Heisman finalist this past season. That Rose Bowl could be a preview to him potentially winning the Heisman. But back to that play, he Harrison, it was more of an anticipation throw in timing, but he was able to throw him open because it looked like, if I remember correctly, Stroud kind of moved along in the pocket used his eyes to move the safety out and then hit Harrison right as soon as he was making his break. And I was like, that, that is, that is special stuff from CJ Stroud. Like that is pro ready pro level. eye manipulation and timing and anticipation. And that really impressed me with CJ Stroud. And I think with Stroud next season, he, He's going to lose some talent up front. I want to see if 
Ohio State can really recuperate that. And if Paris Johnson can step up at left tackle, um, I know they have plenty of talent along the offensive line. I want to see how they do this coming season. But I think Ohio State should be one of the favorites to win win it all next year, um, especially if they're in, if their defense improves. I know they brought on Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator to become to be in the same position. It was more of a lateral move, but I want to see Ohio State and CJ Stroud. I want to see how they can do and see if they're able to finally get over the top and get back to their winning ways by winning a national championship next year. I think they're capable of it, but I don't want to see just their offense being the one being the ones to to carry the load essentially because you have talent on the defensive side like Zach Harrison and Teron Vincent. You also have Jack Sawyer, who's going to have a bigger role next year, um, who could be a potential 2024 prospect. Um, You also have a couple linebackers that are really talented, could end up making a name for themselves, didn't get a lot of reps last season, but now this year they're expected to have a larger role. So I want to see how Ohio State does. I want to see how much growth C.J. Stroud has this upcoming season. Um, Do I think Stroud is more advanced technically as fields at this moment, like heading into their third year? Maybe. Um, I I, I have to go back and look at field at my notes from field summer, summer scouting that year. But, you know, I, I was really impressed with Stroud's tape all throughout the games I watched. Um, and I'm probably going to watch the Michigan game at some point this season or not this season, uh, this weekend. See, you know, is there anything I he could improve on more that I didn't see on see in the games I watched? But again, Stroud's a great player. Um, and also I look forward to now the conversation here with Bryce Young. Um, I finished Bryce Young's evaluation Summary evaluation Wednesday night. No, no. Wednesday night? Tuesday night. So Bryce Young really impressed me on tape. And I want to talk about the concerns real quick with Young. Um, I think that's something we need to get out of the way first. And I think one of the bigger concerns of Young's evaluation is his stature, his size. He's 5'11", 194. That's he's not a big quarterback at all. He he's a smaller quarterback for sure. He's going to be talked about as maybe the next group of young, the next quarterback, the next smaller quarterback to have success at the next level. We've seen Drew Brees and Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray have success at a high level in the NFL. Can Bryce Young do that at the next level? Um, I think that's something we need to keep an eye on this season. Now, it, it really hasn't affected his play because he is incredibly gifted, incredibly poised, has great accuracy, and just advanced in terms of football IQ. But will he run into problems with injuries? That That's the concern that I think a lot of people will have um, this coming season and next offseason when we have this conversation again. Um, about Stroud, about not Stroud, about young size, but going past that, you know, Devin, it's 
I personally don't think it's going to be a concern, but again, it is, you know, like the play style, his play style is enough for me to say this guy will be fine at the next level. But I think it also will come down to his situation and the environment he ends up getting drafted into. Will it be bad? Will he end up taking a lot of hits? What's the situation going to be like? We we won't know for several months, you know, where it's June. We're not even a, two months removed from the NFL draft. So there's a lot of un- unknown over the next several months heading into next year in 2023. So I want to know your thoughts real quick. His size concerns, what other concerns you have with with Young. Then we'll get into some to all the glory and glamour with Bryce Young. Yeah, um, size is, is certainly the big question. Um, for me, I don't I don't see the the arm strength concerns people have brought up. Uh, I don't I don't see it that similarly in terms of whether or not he can push the ball down the field. I think he can do that comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, where was arm may not be as as lively and dynamic as a a CJ Stroud or Will Levis. I I think that's a I, this might be a little controversial, but I think it's a bit overrated because you can have all the arm talent in the world, but if you don't have the accuracy, the poise, the ball placement, it it really doesn't matter. You know, you you just have yep. all arm and and you know. The other aspects of playing quarterback isn't isn't the same, but for me, it, it it's a it's a tough evaluation because like the talent is there, you know he's a Heisman yeah. winner, uh, you know he's he's done really nice things. He can make things make plays off schedule, but you know, there are times where where he struggles, you know, with with his accuracy under pressure. You know there are times he, he makes brilliant plays. Inside, outside of the pocket, uh, there are other times where you you should probably just throw the football away or, or you know, uh, tuck it and run. I, I was a little surprised in a preliminary watch that he didn't run the ball as as I was too. You know, as athletic as, as athletic he, as he was in coming out of high school, and you know, I, I think there's some good and bad to that. You know, he. he operates from the pocket and he's going to try and make things work from the pocket. But at the same time, I think the best play sometimes is, is tucking in and running, you know, mm-hmm. CJ Stroud learned that uh, over the course of the season. I think uh, young will do that a little bit more heading into his second season, fully season starting. And I think people kind of forget, you know, just like Stroud young was a first year starter last year too. You know, he wasn't just a guy that, you know, was, already ready and play, ready to play. You know, we sat behind Tua and sat behind Mac Jones. So, I mean, you know, it, it's it, it's one of those tough things where it's like you got to temper your expectations a little bit. Like you obviously want him to be ready to be NFL ready in 2023. But I think there is – you. it's hard to hold him to a standard – of you know the the class not this past class at least but the class before with Lawrence and Wilson and, and mm-hmm. Fields and Lance I don't think they're quite there in terms of you know I can undoubtedly say they're ready because I think both those guys still have some some growth in front of them uh before before I could definitively say that but I think with Young 
he's more of a I see the Russell Wilson comps. I, I I think I like that, but but I think he's more of a, you know, I'm trying to think of, of you know, I'm not going to force any comps here, but I, I think he's more of a guy that I think people are, he's going to enamor people who's going to enamor teams because he just, there's something about his ability to, to create when it seems like nothing is there and, uh, you know, just just really high football IQ at, at someone as this level and in age. I think that that's what really stands out to me. But but certainly size and, and I think just his work under pressure was was a little underwhelming mm-hmm. in, in a preliminary view. And Price Young is just the tape was really good. I mean, there, there's no doubt that the tape was really good. But it's those two things like you were mentioning, um, accuracy and poise under pressure like his poise overall some of the best poise i've seen from any quarterback i've evaluated even like in the 2020 draft we we had trevor lawrence and justin fields we had guys that showed tremendous poise under pressure were never phased it felt like young just never looks phased at all but we saw a little bit of him getting a little bit phased in the national championship. We did. And I think that we we need to take a deeper look at his national championship game because that's the game where like he was probably pressured the most playing against an all-time great defense, a defense that had an abundance of NFL talent from the first, second to the second level or first, second, and third levels of the field. So you're looking at that and you're like, I want to see him do that against a really good defense. I want to see him do better against a really good defense this coming season. Georgia's defense, they may end up playing Georgia again in the SEC championship. Very likely. Very likely. Can he show the world, you know, he can show better accuracy under pressure. Like I, he has flashed good accuracy under pressure all throughout the season, but it was in that national championship game. And also I think a little bit, it had to do with not having Jamison Williams and John Mechie on the field. Jamison Williams went out in the first quarter because towards ACL on a deep throw, very unfortunate. Um, and you could tell that Young was affected throughout the game. I mean, he was. He didn't have his top two weapons. And so I, I'm kind of concerned, you know, how is he going to, how is he going to adjust with these new weapons? Some, some of these guys are from the transfer portal, but is the chemistry going to be there? I could see a little bit of a slow start from Bryce Young to start this year. I could see it. And, you know, they. I'm sure Jermaine Burton's going to be on the team. He may end up being the next great Alabama receiver to go in the first round. Totally possible. No, Knowing Alabama, they're going to turn the, him into a great wide receiver. He's going to end up going in first 32 picks, 40 picks, 50 picks, more likely, just knowing Alabama. But, I think Young, there's definitely more growth needed for Young. And I want to see him run more. I really do. There were times last year where I was like, 
okay, this is a great opportunity for you to get out of the pocket and run. Like I pressed pause on the film. I was like, right here, you have have an opening and there's no one open. Don't force anything. Just run. You have the legs. You have the athleticism. Just go. Get this. Get that chunk yardage. Get that first down slide. Whatever. Go get it. But I and again, I understand that at some points it wasn't. It was like, okay, I kind of understand why he didn't run. But I want to see more willingness, and that's why I put down in my notes in terms of things I want to see more of this coming season. I want to see him run a little bit more. Um, there were times where you know. I think Young was forcing throws a little bit too often, got a little bit too confident, got a little too cocky with the ball. But at the same time, you saw you didn't see that as much throughout most of the season up until the playoffs began. When he didn't have John Mechie, and then he didn't have both receivers throughout most of the national championship. There are also and you know, slot there were also mechanical issues from the lower half. I think that was the reason why his accuracy kind of fell off a little bit in the national championship game. His lower his lower body mechanics, his footwork, it, it the upper and lower half was just not clicking. And so there were times where he was drifting in the pocket. And I think that's something that like there's no doubt that both of these quarterbacks are really talented, but there's also some growth that we we definitely need to see. But let's talk about the good things about Bryce Young. Um, in my notes, I end up listing down all of the things he ended up winning or being like teams he ended up being a part of. Heisman Trophy winner, of course. Won the Maxwell. Won the Davey O'Brien Award. Won the Manning Award. AP College Football Player of the Year. Consensus All-American. SEC Offensive Player of the Year. SEC Championship Game MVP. First team All-SEC. I mean, he had it. He had everything. Easily one of the best quarterbacks in college football, if not the best. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, his poise, veteran level poise. And I think Jordan Reed was of ESPN, who we both know well. Um, he was he was talking about that in an article um, about some of the quarterbacks uh, in this year's draft. Um, I think it was either today or um, the other day. And he did mention that his the poise that that Young has is quite incredible, and like he stands tall really well against against pressure, delivers almost consistently, and he's just never faced in the spotlight. He he never really seen phase, of course, except in that national championship game. We saw him get faced a tiny bit. Um, he has unbelievable accuracy on all three levels of the field. Puts the ball where he wants it to go and where he needs it to go. Good control, good tempo, offers great touch. He has a really good release, uh, good upper and lower lower body mechanics for the most part. He is very good out of structure, and his accuracy just never seems to fail when it comes to having to play outside the structure of the offense, outside the pocket. So, you know, there's also the concern that, oh, will he be able to translate well to the next level in terms of um, a play, uh, an NFL playbook, full field reads, progressions, what have you? He was playing in a Bill O'Brien offense that offered both half and full field reads. And he was exposed to all of that 
Um, got to his outlets well, did a great job working left to right and vice versa, depending on the play. Um, and offers great pre-snap anticipation. He's typically a good decision maker with the football. He offers good anticipation post-snap as well. And like you were talking about, his arm strength. It's it's not an elite level, but it's definitely better than what we saw with Tua and Mac Jones. Um, he's able to push the ball well downfield, um, offers good velocity, driving the ball downfield, can put the ball into tight windows. Um, and again, and also we've seen he has great mobility, but we want to see more of it. Pocket awareness, great, amazing, good. He has a good sense of pre- of pressure. Just never seems to panic when things around him start to collapse. Um, like he seems calm, but in the national championship game, while we did see him just play like cool, calm, collected, you know, he was having to try to get out of that mess. Like Georgia was getting pressure on him consistently. Um, but overall, he offers great pocket navigation. Like there's a, a lot to like with Bryce Young. Um, and of course we listed out con- the concerns with him, but I think Bryce Young, I, I would not be surprised if he repeated as, um, as a Heisman finalist, at least next season. It's very hard to be a back-to-back Heisman trophy winner. Last time we saw that was Archie Griffin. Could Bryce Young be the second player in college football history to do that? We'll see. But Devin, I want to know your thoughts, like all the good things really with Bryce Young. Um, and again, like Stroud, I, I think we both see we see both quarterbacks really similarly similarly in in our own unique aspects. Yeah, um <clears throat> with Young, it's I think the most impressive thing about him is that, you know, no matter the score. You know, no matter what's going on in the game, he's, he's really never faced by the moment. I mean, obviously he threw the pick six against Georgia, but still came out the, the next possession and tried to, to get points back. So I feel like he has a, a short memory, which is pretty impressive uh, for, for a young player, um, you know, just playing. Because you see a lot of guys, you know, that they'll get down on themselves or, uh, you know, let it affect their play. But but he's always willing to, to come back and, you know, throw the ball around and whatnot. But, you know, I, I really like his, his touch and placement uh, down the field. I think he may be one of the best throwers of the deep crossers I've seen in quite some time. You know, he, he does a really nice job. Um, you know, it, it seems like almost every every deep crosser, he's it just over the, the outstretched hand of the defender or just mm-hmm. in a perfect place where it's not only, you know, in a spot where – the receiver can uh, catch it cleanly, but gives them yak ability too. So he's not just throwing it behind them. He's leading them down the field. So I, I really liked his, his work in, in the deep crossing game. You know, it's going to be a big part of, of the NFL team. I mean, deep crossers is, uh, I won't say the backbone of a lot of NFL offense, but they, they certainly incorporate, it, especially against man defenses. So I think he, that's probably one of his better routes to throw. The, that I've seen, you know, and then though I feel like that ability to, to hit those type passes is a little bit underrated in, in evaluating quarterbacks. You know, everyone talks about the deep ball and, you know, can they uh, 
you know, throw the ball from the opposite hash and, and hit a guy in stride. But I mean, those timing routes, they're, they're incredibly difficult to, to get perfect. And, and don't oh, to yeah. a guy like Jamison Williams. I mean, it's so easy to, to throw behind him, but he, he does a really nice job anticipating throws down the field. Um, you know, never really feel like he is, is really a, a lot of wasted movements in, in his motion. Um, you know, the, the backpedaling thing, I think, is, is a, a bit weird from because we don't typically see that. It's, it's more of a, you know, West Coast offense style of, of drop back. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if that just how how they conduct things there at Bama or is it something that, you know, he's he's doing more traditional drop back. I know a lot of people talked about what, which foot you, you should have back and whatnot uh, in terms of, you know, getting really into quarterback play. So. Uh, looking forward to studying that a little bit more, but you know, I, I just really like his his ability to to hit all the throws, and I don't I don't really have a question mark in terms of if he can hit a throw or not. I think it's more so his work under pressure, you know, mm-hmm. that we talked about uh, improving on that, and and sometimes living to fight another day. I, I, I think both those quarterbacks can learn to just throw the ball away sometimes. You know, I feel like they're they're. They both have as- aspects of playing hero ball, and, and you, sometimes you just want to. Sometimes you just need to hit the check down or, or just throw the football away. And I, I wanted to see him improve. I, I think his decision making is, is is pretty good. I, I didn't see too many interceptable passes uh, from who I've seen, but uh, certainly there there's been some some forced throws uh, down the field, especially and you know when nothing's there. The the national championship interception is a prime example of that, but. My favorite uh, so far, my favorite stretch of plays was uh, that final drive and regulation against Auburn. Um, yes. I felt like I felt yes. like that that really, I think, showed me he could certainly play at the next level. So you think about Auburn has a, had a really good defense. You know, they weren't mm-hmm. Georgia level defense, but I mean, they they really shut down their offense in the game. And until that final out. drive. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think there was several third and longs and maybe one fourth and long where he just stood in and, and I think there was a deep 25, 30 yard crosser that he hit, or maybe it was a, a hole shot, but he hit it like right in between the safety and corner. Uh, it was, it was beautiful placement. So I, that, that was, you know, while we talk about CJ Strive and the signature moment in the Rose Bowl, I thought Bryce Young had his signature moment at the end of that Auburn game. That Auburn game really just like I remember like watching that game two minutes. It was like two twenty to go, and I'm like, Auburn's going to win this football game. Auburn is going to win this football. They're going to take down Alabama and win this football game. And just put the whole college football playoff into chaos. <clears throat> of course, that one Auburn player had to go out of bounds. Um, man, so close, man. We're so close. But, you know, you see Bryce Young just do what he did against Auburn. Drive all the way downfield. Score that touchdown to go into overtime. And just put the team on his back. I'm like, I give up. I give up, man. I give, <laughs> I give up, man. Like this, 
that was one that was definitely his signature moment from this past season. I could you could make an argument that the SEC championship was probably one of his signature moments because the throw he made again to Jamison Williams in the SEC championship game against double coverage. Holy cow, he made some insane throws that game too. Um and I I talked I talked about Bryce Young uh, a little bit in my upcoming uh, Football Thoughts article, which comes out tomorrow morning, um, and kind of included that one eclipse of Young's just absurd throws, one of many absurd throws he made in that game. The Auburn game, it, I wouldn't, I, I don't like to really put players in the same sentence as some of the greatest players of all time, but the poise that Young had looked a lot similar to Tom Brady. Not saying he's Tom Brady at all, but it's more like the veteran level of poise, like just being unfazed and not like usually any young quarterback, any first-year starter would just completely collapse in that type of situation. Like you're... What was that? Ninety-yard drive against Auburn. Like you're yeah, twelve plays, ninety-seven. Ninety-seven yards. You would think that a young that you wouldn't think a young talent, a a young first-year starter would be able to do that. No problem. Bryce Young did. Bryce Young did. Twelve plays, ninety-seven yards. That that was probably one of the best moments I've seen all season. So just know that if you're if it's late in the game with like a minute three to go and you've downed Alabama's offense at the one yard line and Bryce Young's your quarterback next season. Good luck. That's all I'm gonna say. Good luck because you're gonna need it because Bryce Young may just pull another Auburn game again. What if it's against Texas A&M? October 8th. Popcorn. Get your popcorn ready. Jimbo and Nick Saban. We we saw all the shit go down earlier last month. That's going to be a great game. But imagine if Bryce Young did what he did against Auburn to Texas A&M in that same game. Brian Denny Stadium is just going to go absolutely berserk. And just like they won the national championship for the 10 millionth time um, in that stadium, like what Bryce Young did was incredible. So we'll talk about more about these quarterbacks, like all the other quarterbacks in this draft class. Like, like, you know, there's some potential with this draft class other than the two top guys we know. Like this is already better, already a better quarterback class than last year. We don't need to get into last year's quarterback discussion again. I think we're done with that. I think we are done. Uh, well, until the NFL season starts. But we'll see. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about Matt Corral. And pick, can he pick it? Or uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. We're going to avoid that conversation until next season. Yeah. Smart. All right, guys. So. Plan is for the rest of the summer, we're going to talk about summer scouting throughout the offseason or throughout the summer, um, all throughout the rest of this month, next month, 
into August, um, right around when we have to bring out our preseason big boards um, as the college football season is about to get underway in August. Um, we'll be talking about some NFL stuff, some NFL news, whether or not certain teams trade for a certain quarterback. Um, we're not going to talk about uh, redacted and on that certain team. Um, most certainly not. Um, but we will talk about summer scouting all season long. We'll be talking about talking about Will Levis, Tyler Van Dyke. We'll be talking about Anthony Richardson. We'll be talking about a lot of those guys throughout this offseason, throughout this summer. Um, looking forward to conversations about Will Anderson, BJ Bajon Robinson from Texas, who is probably one of the best running backs I've ever evaluated since I started doing this in 2018. Um, we'll be talking about Jackson, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. We'll be talking about Kayshawn Bate. So there, there are plenty of names, plenty of players we'll be talking about. I'm looking forward to those conversations, Devin. And guys, I hope you enjoyed our first podcast back together since start of May, right after the draft. Uh, we'll see you guys next week on Tuesday.